Uh, it's a magnificent event on a couple of spectacular golf courses. And uh, Daniel Gale is a young Australian player who just is heading in the right direction at the moment. He's one worth putting in your black book and uh, he's going to be teeing it up on Thursday and into the weekend. Hopefully going to be there when the whips are cracking on Sunday afternoon. And he's been good enough to join us on the show. Hey, Daniel, thanks for your time, mate. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me on, guys. Tell us about this weekend and uh, you know the, the lead-up to the New Zealand Open and why it is held in such fond regard by, by so many players in this neck of the woods. Oh, I want to say just like, like this is my fifth trip now to Queenstown and every, every year it, it just blows your mind. It, it really is the best place on earth. I think just the purity of the air and just it's just such a magnificent <laughs> event, magnificent layout. Um, like, it, it just fails to disappoint. Like, the afternoons here, like, you'll be driving back and you see Lake Waka Tipu and, and the mountains, and every afternoon, it doesn't matter how good the weather is, like, it's got a different colour, different shade, different sunset. It, it's just, it's just, yeah, magnificent. you just got a smile on your face the entire time. You're, well, making, my, you're making me. You are. Just, In fact, yeah. you know, if the golfing cable doesn't work out, you need to be on some sort of tourist show, just the way in <laughs> which you were able to express. I felt yeah, like I, I was I was I there breathing in the air myself. Well done to you. Uh, but it is a, a, a tournament. It's a fantastic tournament. I'm sure you want to win it in its own right. But... Also, is it is it uh, how significant as far as you taking another step towards your goals? Like, uh, I see you're fourth in the rankings, and I think that there's potential uh, cards into the European tour. Where what do you have to do in regards to not just for your own personal stake of of uh, winning it and that glory, but also what lies ahead? Yeah, so um, we get three cards for the DP event, DP tour at the, at the end of the season. So I'm um, Minwoo's leading at the moment, but he's not going to hit the minimum of four events. So I'm technically third. Beautiful. Um, like I'm fourth, but technically third. So I'm I'm snagging that last spot at the moment. But um, this week he's quadruple points because um, it's one of the bigger ones. So um, Kazuma's I think about four hundred or so points ahead of me, it's and um, a win uh, the winner gets. Uh, 760 points this week so um, can make a big charge by having a good result this week and um, uh, yeah no better place to do it Um, so yeah it it was just sort of you know a good result this week it'll put me in good stead for um, you know the finale event uh, at the National in a couple weeks time and yeah hopefully can just keep making a charge up that order of merit like um just the higher you finish, the more starts you and opportunities you get uh, worldwide. So, obviously in a good good position. Um, but yeah, we'll try and better that over the next so, couple so of yeah. weeks. So, further to Gazy's question, Daniel, where are we in terms of the season? How many events are there left to go? Uh, there's only two. So, New Zealand Open this week, and then there's a week off, and then we head down to the national for the national PGA in a couple of weeks' time, and then the season's done. So that St Patrick's Day weekend. Um, is the end of the Aussie season and it's all wrapped up and um, yeah, um, from there we um, everything gets finalised for order and merit stuff and um, yeah uh, our opportunities that we get um, we all sort of get told that or like you you sort of get emails here or there and like I don't know all the ins and outs of what mm. how high you receive things but like it's it's good Q school opportunities for later in the year like you can skip some stages. Uh, the higher you finish, and and then yeah, you'll earn some tournament starts like through the Asian Tour or 
you know, um, DP, a couple of DP events here or there through the Aussie Tour. Like, um, there's some good, great opportunities. It must be hard, though, when there's an element of uncertainty. You've got to play your way in to get to those points. How, how do you, how does that go about of planning what you're going to do over the next six to 12 months when so much can change depending on the performance on a weekend like this? Yeah, it really can. Um, I sort of just go with the flow now. Like, I was definitely a, a, a long-term or, like, you know, look-ahead goal setter um, in the past. And I want to say just having those expectations or, like, setting those goals, like, it, it sort of had that expectation that, you know, you want to obviously hit those goals. And if you didn't, it was a bit of a letdown or, like, plans change because, you know, you didn't play perform in such and such event. But I've just sort of been taking it week in, week out. Um, this season, I've had a couple of good wins um but the in between the wins like i mean i just had this like nibbling rib injury in between that i got through but um uh that that's sort of when my mindset changed with things because you know i really thought i was going to have a real dominant season i mean i'm still having a great season but the in between it was um yeah a bit Mm. a bit rough but um i've i've persevered i've kept working hard and worked you know made some changes and um yeah, I'm, I'm back in good stead and, um, yeah, I've been able to, you know, get back to my peak performance. It's, it's been definitely a very up and down season, but, um, yeah, it's um, we're in good stead and a couple more events left, we can finish it off. Well, the good's been good. Sandbelt Invitational and then last weekend, and Gazy and I, you know, watch a lot of golf, Daniel, and it was a thrilling finish last weekend uh, where you got off the, uh, over the line against, you know, that young fan on Phoenix Campbell. And, you know, there's a, so many good young players in Australia. It's And you're one of them. It's great to watch. It, you, for a lot of us, you are particular fun to watch because you've got very much your own swing. And, you know, in this day and age of kind of cookie-cutter approaches to um, the way a golfer should swing the golf club, you've got your own unique uh, kind of way of getting the job done and it, you're obviously getting it done really really well have you always had your own unique way of going about it uh, tell us about the journey through um, you know you, the evolution of, of your golf swing and, and the product that we see on a kind of weekly basis now yeah so um, so I've had the same coach uh, my whole life since I was nine years old uh, Paul Latham um, so I've stuck with him ever since I sort of found a professional coach you know what I mean I um, started seeing it and having some time um, I, I want to say I've never been one to have a naturally looking gifted <laughs> golf swing but I've always had good hand-eye coordination from playing yep. other sports baseball I've always been sporty but uh, you know I've always been a hard worker and I, my coach has always taught me sort of the fundamentals and all that and I mean I'm still I still work on the fundamentals but like I've I've just come to the acceptance. Like I did I did all the state team stuff and biomechanics was it was um, all all the technology you know I had access to that and um, you know I worked my butt off to try and obviously achieve that sort of you know your Adam Scott golf swing and all that. But um, <laughs> you know I sort of realised it's like it's really not for me and um, you know I can still hit a lot of really good golf shots swinging it my way. You know I just have to understand my little tendencies and what I need to do and then. I think my eyes really opened from my first trip to America, like their college system over there. Like there's a, I mean, my swing, I guess, looks unique to a lot of people, but there's a lot of wackier swings out there. And, um, <laughs> Is that right? I mean, yeah, like, I mean, they, they get the job done. Like, um, like it doesn't look, everyone's got their own unique swing and 
I mean, you even just look at the way Dustin Johnson and John Rahm and those boys yeah. swing it. It's like, yeah. it's, it's very unique. You wouldn't teach it, but they are phenomenal golfers. And, um, yeah, I just swing it my way. I got Daniel Gale's golf swing and, um, um, I know, and that's the thing. I know it works and, um, yeah, I'll keep working hard on the little stuff that, you know, is going to make it a little bit better and perform under pressure a bit better. And, you know, all those little things, but, um, um, yeah, I've come to the conclusion that and just it's my swing. I'm going to own it, and um, yeah, it is what it is. With the That's swing, right. when it's and it is fantastic. I, I love everything about it. But I assume that that means a a lot more work on the range when you you got to you know you're dealing with the, some of those things that are uniquely yours. But what's this? What's the strength of what your game is? How are you different, and how do you get to that next level with the tools that you're working with? Yeah, I want to say, um, I like horse, horse riding is definitely one of my strengths. So um, yeah, that was definitely proven when I played the free open last year. Um, so round one, I led strokes gained off the tee in round one um, and was like fifth in greens and regs. Like seeing those stats definitely um, assured that, you know, my good is like world beater stuff, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, you had Justin Thomas, Tony Finau, all those boys playing and... Um, yeah, I was number one. So, um, like, I know my I know my good is, you know, best in the world stuff. And um, like, yes, there's you know the odd. I, I want to say like I've done a lot of my grinding. I still grind, obviously, um, mm-hmm. but like a lot the hard work's been done, and now it's just sort of, you know, I'll still continue to work hard, but it's just it's more like working on the little points here or there, and just um, like I don't have to overly grind the swing to a point it's like it's, it's always just it's sort of molded into the same thing and then it's just the little things around it um but this se- i want to say this season i've really stepped up sort of my i want to say inside sort of eight feet putting range um and then i'm making a couple more sort of mid ranges and that's that's sort of taken me to the next step with a couple wins and um um and yeah the short game's just sort of getting that little bit sharper i got a, i got mm. a full swing launch monitor uh, April last year after the Aussie season finished and I really wanted to dial in my wedges because you look at obviously Cam Smith and yeah. all the top boys and um, their wedge games are phenomenal. Like when you get to the the top of the top, it's just the way they control their flights. Even Kazuma, who's been dominating the Aussie season, um, I played with him the first two rounds of Castle Hill and he just flights his wedges so well, just controls the spin and the flights just perfectly. Like, And Castle Hill's got sort of you know little tears. It's my home track. It's just like oh, this will be a tricky little shot. And he just hit the right flight, right spin that you need to obviously execute mm. for, for that shot. And it was impressive to watch, and, and I've gotten a lot better at that. Um, and then I definitely utilise that around down the stretch at the Hunter Valley as well. And there's a lot of talk about the, the, the changing of the balls for the pros. And, uh, that, that in fact, it might actually go down to the... The, uh, the club players as well. With those changes which they're talking about, that we, the, the players can't hit it as far, does that have any impact on you? Would that help you? Would it be a disadvantage to you? Or is it kind of irrelevant? So I've sort of read into it a little bit. And, um, like, for me, I'm, I'm definitely one of the longer players out here. Um, right. So I've got – it's a four – it's obviously a four-year plan or whatever, but – I got a little sneaky four-year goal. If I can get my ball speed up to about 195, um, so um, at the moment on course I'm probably 185. So if I can gain an extra 10 miles by the time they 
knock it back. I'll be hitting it the same distance roughly on the maps that I've read up. Um, right. If I if I can if I can get to that speed, obviously, like like the long's still going to be long. Um, but um, yeah, who knows? Like the way technology goes, like I'm sure, like obviously, the, you can you can only limit it so much, I guess. Like mm. there'll be ways. I'm sure there'll be some some way around it in a way, or like you know. Like they'll be testing the law. Like we still got our launch monitors and stuff. It's like, like I don't know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It'll be, it'll be a little, little bit of figuring out to do. But um, that's that's sort of my goal for the the dialing back. Um, just just over this next four year period, it's like if I can gain, you know, two, two mile an hour clubhead speed per year. Um, then yeah, what's that? Eight over four years, and I'll be <laughs> I'll be very in very in, in good stead if I. That's like a, a mini goal of mine to sort of combat the um, the rollback. So right. unreal. We're talking to Daniel Gale. We can get right in the weeds here. Anyone who loves their golf, I reckon, would be fascinated by this sort of stuff. So you talk about Kazumi's wedge game, and you're talking about the extra 10 miles an hour you want at club head speed. How much of that, uh, particularly the, the second part of that, Daniel, is getting in the gym and, and you know, working on it there as opposed, or or is it more when you're out on the course and you've got a wedge in your hand or driver, just letting it go, like believing, um, not worrying about the pressure at the moment, not worrying about the water down the right, not worrying about out of bounds down the left, just letting it go when the moment is at its peak. Where where, where do you find that that little bit more? Um, so, so are you sort of talking like um, like? just going into sort of that free flow state like yeah when, pretty when much yeah, yeah 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 that's um, exactly what i'm talking I, I about wanna, yeah yeah i want to say i mean i've i've been working with a mind coach now for sort of three years um uh, and just that side of the game um because and like i've seen plenty of videos like since tiger obviously has sort of been playing less and his son's gotten into it and it was really good the first year that his son come out and played and i took a lot away from one of his interviews where he's like you know the the shot never changes. Like no matter how many cameras or people or whatever are watching you, like if there's a million people watching or there's you're there by yourself in the range, like you've still got the same shot. Um, and you know, I've worked hard on the, the mental side of the game and to get that free flow. And um, cause you know, I've played plenty of rounds with my buddies where, you know, nothing's on the line and, and taking it really deep. And um, yeah, I've definitely had a lot, lot of good rounds, um, in you know in tournament golf like don't get me wrong but like i feel like i'm definitely getting better at that free flow and not caring um you know it's tough because it's obviously you know your your job and whatever like you you care so much about it but like at the end of the day you put the hard yards in practice and you know it's it's Mm. done the hard work and and the tournament you know I, i try and make my practice a bit harder like i like a lot of people so that when you play it's um yeah, it feels easier. It's not mm. as easy as that, but um, and it takes a lot of work to get to that level. But I definitely feel, you know, a step up, and and you just got to believe in yourself. Yeah, um, spot on. Like, and you can't just you can't just teach that. It's just through exper- experience and trial and error. And like, I mean, you can talk yourself up as much as you want, but that can only get you so far as well. Like, it's just having that inner belief um, to get to that free flow state. I want to say. Now, nah, good luck. Uh, good luck with the tournament. Before we let you go, you spoke when we first started about all the uh, environmental stuff. Is uh, you get out there and it, maybe it might help you get to that free flow state. A bit of bungee jumping, or you know, some of the other other stuff going on that go, <laughs> New Zealand's very famous for. 
Oh, no. No skydiving or um, bungee jumping. Okay. Uh, not, not yet. Not Rightio. Maybe Monday. Maybe Monday morning. Uh, might, when, you, when you got the trophy. It might help with that getting that no, free well, flow stage. It could help you too, Keith. I mean, you were you were unprepared wow. to even walk out on the bridge, so it was hard for you. <laughs> oh, that's hey, right. Daniel, keep up the good work. It's, uh, it's, it's fun watching you play your golf, mate. And uh, there's so many young players coming out of Australia at the moment that uh, we're happy to give a voice to and hopefully give them a push along the way and uh, hopefully a few people start taking some notice of golf in this country because there's a lot of quality coming through the ranks. Good luck this weekend. We wish you well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Good, man. Good luck. Daniel Gale, New Zealand Open. He's our man. He's a beauty, mate. He's our man.